Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. everybody welcome back to another edition of the teardown my name is jeff gluck and i'm along with my coworker jordan bianchi who is on site at richmond raceway where he has just witnessed a uh i guess typical richmond race that's, that's it that's exactly it like you you know people are gonna be like oh you get a rant and rave about richmond and this and it was this and it wasn't this it's like here's a here's a question for you what were you expecting coming in Exactly. I mean, exactly that. Exactly. Exactly. And like, so, you know, this coming in, you manage your expectations. Like it wasn't anything that you didn't think it was going to be. I, I will say, I thought the, 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 the strategy element is certainly interesting and I like it. Now I don't want it on a short track. I wish you could put this on like a Pocono or something like that. You know, that would be better served. But this is what Richmond is. We've talked about this so much, so much. I know. This is, it's just, I, I don't know. There's nothing to say about this because this is exactly to a T what we thought it was going to be. Yeah. It's like that Latart that Steve, uh, sorry, that Latart, the, Latart. <laughs> <laughs> the graphic that Steve Latart puts up where he shows you what the strategy is going to be. It's like yeah. the same. You could take yeah. that and probably apply it to like, Every one of the last, like, I don't know, at least I don't know, it seems like eight Richmond races or something. I'm sure I'm missing some, but it's like, okay, you know, are they going to pit twice in yeah. this stage in the third you stage? Are they going to try to do it one? Yeah. And yeah, obviously now it's so, it was so hot today and so worn out. Like the true X strategy of trying to do it just one. It wasn't, it was like, they were, they were, I think they were kind of hoping like, oh, maybe, you know, Busher is going to have to track him down. He's got, you know, 35 laps left or whatever to do it. And he just like immediately blows by him. And you're just yeah. like, well, that yeah. was that. Uh, the other, the other yeah. thing I thought was interesting too, was the, the one caution today, right? The Daniel Suarez spin, which was it 12 laps to go? I think 10 I think laps it, to go. Whatever it was, right? There was no debate whatsoever. It was no four tires, two tires. Do some guys stay out or anything like that? It was literally everybody needs to hit pit road right now, and you're getting four tires, and that's it. And that was just, I don't get, I don't. It, this is what Richmond is at this point. I, I don't know what you can do to change it. I don't know if you need. Well, you do need to change it because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you do need to change it. Like it, but I don't know what realistically you can do. I mean, at this point, unless you're gonna rip up the racetrack and do something different. I don't know. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to come on here and be like, and feel like you're talking about the same thing with every <laughs> Richmond race. And I'm trying not to do that. I, my only point that I'll make is that I, I think that a lot of newer fans probably don't even remember or realize that no. this truly did used to be the action track. I started covering races at that track in 2004 and it was, 
you know, double digit cautions every single time. It was my favorite track. I, I, I looked it up cause I have this, you know, nerdy race chart of how many times I've seen a cup race at each track. I've, I've covered in person 28 cup races at Richmond. And I'm telling you, I guarantee you over the years, it has changed dramatically. The type of racing we see, right. I see people go, Oh, this is you know, old school Richmond. Like, well, I don't know what you're talking about old school, but like old school in the 2000, you know, 2000s, 2010s, whatever. It wasn't like this. It was very, it was constant action and cautions and all the stuff that you would expect out of a short track. This doesn't race like a short track anymore, which is fine. Plenty of people I see on, I was going to say Twitter, but X, I guess. I'm calling um, it Twitter. I, I just, I, I'm not ready for this. It's too much. Plenty of people who were Xing about this race. <laughs> that sounds dirty. That sounds very dirty. <laughs> well, whatever hey, they're calling it. X now. later? No, I'm not doing that with you. No, put that away. They, they seem to, you know, some people are making the argument. They love it. Oh, it's great. Oh, strategy, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you you asked Brad Keselowski the question in the press race press conference. He went on this sort of impassioned speech about, oh, I love having the challenge of trying to figure out how to set your cars up for a long run or a short run. And I let the racers like it. Look, I don't want to rain on anybody's parade. That's great that you like it. For me, I'm, this is not what I'm looking at out of short track racing in particular. Because it's a short track, because it's one of the few short tracks NASCAR has, I want to see the action that we came to expect from the action track. And it's just different now. I get that. Look, I mean, again, you go less than the last probably three years of podcasts we've done about this race. But it just, you're just like, yeah, what I, uh, what can you say? It's just, Hey, at least, at least it was an unexpected winner. Right. I mean, uh, or not somebody that we would have thought would, you know, you're going to go into this race and you'd say, Hey, it was going to be a Gibbs race or a Hendrick race or something like that. Yeah. I thought um, Gibbs were going to blow the doors off everybody today. Yeah. It was Ford, Ford had a good day overall, but yeah, I mean, yeah, so did. I don't know it, the race, the racing, the track at this point, um, I don't know why. I mean, you know, one thing that, that stuck out though, Jordan is like, they're talking how much about how, you know, they're having to tiptoe around the track, right. To save their tires. Cause there's so much tire fall. Well, I think in some ways, if you're on a short track like that and you're having to tiptoe and conserve your stuff and you can't really race that hard, there's not going to be many incidents and there's not going to be many chances to have wrecks which create restarts which creates action and bunches everybody back up together so i mean you know if suarez and gregson don't get into it there at the end it's a caution it's a essentially caution free race except for the stages so you know but again it's not surprising at all no it's not and i don't I, i'm not someone who needs a ton of caution like the lack of cautions today didn't bother me because i don't mind that i get it that happens but i want to see more side-by-side racing that's the thing is you want to see more passing. And I, and I know there was guys who came from the back and came to the front. Well, there was a lot of passing. <laughs> there was a lot of passing. I mean, there was, but there wasn't a lot of passing up front, but it, and, it's a different, it's, it's not the, it's not the type of passing where you're having these hard battles. It's yeah. passing where somebody's on fresher tires or whatever, yeah, or that's not, that's yeah. That's, well, that's, that's the comers and goers type thing, but it's not, it's not like you're not watching these cars like, super battle it out necessarily, you know what I'm saying? There isn't prolonged periods of side-by-side racing. And, you know, and that, that to me is like, oh man. And and I don't know where, and this isn't, 
a next-gen car thing. This isn't a package thing because we have seen this with different cars. Like this goes well, the back. Truck race. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was the same type of racing. Same, yeah, exactly. So we've seen it with the Xfinity series. We've seen it with different things, and so it is a track thing at this point. And what is concerning is you look at this track. It's in a good market, I believe. It's it's a traditional NASCAR track. You don't want to see it go away. But it's hard not to see this today and see the crowds or lack thereof and say, hey, wait a second, where is, you know, we what, what can we be doing different here? How can we generate better excitement for this track and get people excited about this race? Because otherwise, this isn't going to continue to happen. Like, you can't have this. You know, we, we I know I do it all the time. I make fun of Texas a lot, right? I mean... Richmond isn't far off at this point, to be honest with you. Like, it's it's not Texas level. No one is. But it's it's not that far off. I just feel, I you know, I I really do love this track. I just feel yes. like. I love everything about the great city. It's a great market. It's, I just don't know what, you know, I, it's, I think it's very hard to sell, especially to the casual fan. Hey, come check out this race. And, you know, it's going to be almost all green flag runs and there's a lot of strategy nuances and tires and when you pit and all the stuff, but that, that's sort of for the hardcore fan, but even the hardcore fans are like, all right, give me a little something more here. So it just sort of falls into this where, you know, Dale jr. Tweeted after the race, Richmond may need some resin in the higher lanes. I've seen it help some other tracks. He's been a long advocate of put the sealer back, all the stuff, but mm-hmm. I don't even know. It just, it's not like, I mean, they have multiple lane options, they yeah. could pass. You saw drivers move through the field who had faster cars. So it's not like, oh, it's an arrow thing and you know everybody's stuck behind everybody. It's just, I don't know. I mean, uh, there's, not, there's just not a lot happening. I mean, for the first time since 2018, every car finished the race. Um, there was no mechanical failures, no cars getting wrecked out. And again, that's fine, but it's also sort of an indication of like, well, kind of like nothing really happened to create those moments, incidents. Or, or, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So I, I'm really, I, I've said this before, I'm saying I'm really, really good at spending other people's money. And I think it's time to start seriously considering doing something dramatic here in the fact like that. Like what? Everybody used, you know, it's funny. Everybody used to want to build a Richmond. <laughs> that's what people just, you know, in a new market. Oh, you know, we're going to go to Seattle and we're going to build a new uh, Richmond. We're going to go to Denver. Um, we're going to build a Richmond. Yeah. Three quarter mile. You can race Indy cars there. You can race NASCAR there. You can build 120. I don't know how many seats they have here at one time. 100,000. Oh, over a hundred thousand for sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, you can do all that. And I don't know what the solution is, but I just, it feels like at this point, fundamentally, because we, again, we've tried different cars in different variations of cars. We've tried different tire compounds. It feels like we have gone to the toolbox a lot. And I feel like the only thing you really have left to do is, is figure out something fundamentally with the track. I don't know what that configuration is. I don't want to lose another short track. So I prefer to keep it that way, you know, as a short track. But this is something has got to be done because it's getting you to the point where your, your relevancy is on the line here. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I hate these podcasts where I have to come on and I do too. I don't. I like feel this. like I'm being negative, and you know the people that did like the race are like, "Man, shut up! And you I, guys are whining, complaining." But like, sorry, I just 
I don't know, man. It's and just I not, like, yeah, I like the strategy aspect. I like races like this. I like it. I, I was talking to so many crew chiefs today and yesterday about they love this race because it really lets them have an impact on a race that they don't always get to have, you know, and they get to really kind of be kind of, you know, I know, you know, we, you know, Latart, you've got the playbook, you know, it's two, you know, either going to split the stages in half or you're going to two stop it, but you do have options. You can do a lot of different things. That's great. Cause you don't always see that, but it just, I don't know it, that, that strategy type race is not conducive to, like you said, Jeff, a short track. It's just not. Yeah. Sorry, I, I just, especially you don't, um, you know, again, like, yeah, it's, you reconfigure it. What do you do? I, I just don't know. I, I don't I'm know. like you, though. I don't want it to go away because I feel like given that we've known the history over the years, like it can be good there, but it, it, it's gone so many years now with, you know, just sort of tame racing. It's just like, what do we, the yeah. farther you get away from the, quote unquote, I don't know, glory days, whatever you want to call it. Like this is becoming more synonymous with Richmond than those moments. And that's, that's dangerous because it's really hard to reverse course and, you know, and change that public perception of, Oh no, no, we're not that track anymore. Like, no, we've got that excitement and this and that. Now it's, it's going to be done. Michigan has done it. I guess Pocono probably has done it to some degree in some other places, but it's really hard to overcome that narrative because once you get that stigma, Good luck shaking it. Well, and here's another thing, right? Like the fact that it has two races a year like this that are very similar. That's and, the problem. And you know, you if it if like let's say it was one race a year, and I again I'm not advocating for fewer short tracks on the schedule. I wish something would just happen to make this better. But this race, like again, you go into it, whether it's the Fox portion with Larry Mack saying this is what the strategy is gonna be, or like Latart, like I like I talked about earlier, it's like, okay, this is how it's gonna lay out probably not gonna be many cautions. It's exactly how it unfolds is exactly how it races. And I mean, it's sort of like, even, even they get the late caution and we're messaging each other like, Oh, here's, here's where the chaos is going to come right now. It's going to be chaos, baby. And, and it doesn't happen. I just, it didn't, I thought we were going to, I thought Kyle Bush was going to send it in there. I thought maybe Denny Hamlin might do something and yeah, and credit to Chris Busher. By the way, he won the. I mean, he won the race. We should maybe talk about him. A minute. <laughs> but like credit to him, like he executed perfect on that restart. Did everything yeah. he needed to do, and it was just like, it was it. It was like, wait a second, no dive bombing into turn one, no one getting crazy. I, you know, the race they were racing three wide. I'm like, oh, here it comes, and it didn't happen. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, you mentioned Chris Busher, and uh, we should definitely talk about him. He he absolutely one thousand percent deserved to win this race today. 100%, yeah. um, you know, and and really, it's it's been sort of a weird, weird season for him, and that he's by far having his best career year. So right now, his average finish is down to thirteen point five. He's thirteenth in points. Previously, his best career average finish was 17.3. So he's almost four places higher than his best career average finish. 
He's already got the most top tens he's, uh, sorry, the most top fives he's ever had in a year. He needs one more top 10 to tie his career high. He's going to end up with career highs in almost every conceivable category. Um, he's close to his career high for laps led. Um, he's having a great year, but he and Keselowski at RFK racing have run so well and so consistently. Mm-hmm. We really haven't talked about them because they're not contending for wins, right? So they're like getting top tens, but they're also running so well. That they're not close to the playoff bubble. They're like, they've both been like a hundred points to the good for a while now. And so it all, you know, we always talk about all oh, the playoff bubble guys, playoff bubble guys. And we talk about the winners and the regular season champion and, and the final four. They're right in the middle of this, right? So yeah. they just sort of quietly go on and, you know, get another eighth to 12th place finish or whatever. And, you know, they're, they're having a great year. Like they made huge strides, but like they get totally overlooked because they're just sort of in this middle zone of like, Hey, yeah, you guys are in the playoffs. Yeah. We don't really need to discuss. There's no drama around them. Right. Um, quietly go, but that's the thing. Like they're both pretty quiet personalities. Like they don't really, you know, Brad isn't somebody, Brad isn't the old Brad anymore. He doesn't make, you know, say a lot of things. He's not involved in a lot of controversies. They just kind of go about their business. They stay underneath the radar. They don't get involved in things on the racetrack. They just do their thing and quietly about and they're quietly effective. And it's 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 been interesting to watch them build and get better. You could see this really kind of st- start really to take effect last fall uh, when Chris won at Bristol and Brad almost won there as well. And they, again, they, they've carried it over and they're just good. And it's been interesting to see. And it's I'm, I started working on a. It's funny. I, I might take credit for Chris's winning by the way this weekend. I want to tell you why. Okay, I started working on a story this weekend about Chris that's going to run going into Indie Week about how he's really kind of over overlooked. Like no one talks about him, but he's one of the best road course racers out there. And like Kevin Harvick talked about him glowingly, Joey Logano, like all these drivers. Like yeah, like it's it's like he's great. He does all of these things while he runs everywhere, and no one ever he's never been great equipment. And that's kind of Chris's thing. He's like he's always maximized wherever he's at, like whether it was at front row or whether it was at JTG and now a rebuilding RFK, he's always squeezed out the absolute most out of his stuff. And he's always been someone who's always been talked about this guy. This is a guy who beat chase Elliott for the, the Xfinity series championship. People forget about that. You know, chase won that Xfinity series championship came back to defend it and Chris beat him for it. And that's impressive. And he's just never been an opportunity, but now as RFK is building, it's like, whoa, they're getting really good cars. And Brad is Brad. We know what Brad is. And it's like, Chris is going to have an opportunity here really to showcase himself. And it's going to be interesting to see what he can do because he is a guy, whether it's on a road course or super speedways, because we always talk about him there, or short tracks. You know, it's like he can kind of run just about everywhere. Run well. Yeah, I everywhere. mean, he's a really, really good race car driver. He really is. Super solid. But again, yeah, like you said, just gets totally overlooked. Part of it's his personality, right? Yeah, like not flashy thing. at all. Um, but, you know, I mean, like at the same time, you know, RFK is definitely taking a step forward, right? Like they're they're going to have both cars in the playoffs, which is great for them, especially in a down year for Ford overall. Yeah. Um, you know, Bob Pockris, you know, speculating, you know, not speculating, but he, he was questioning after the race um, on his video that he did. Um, you know, maybe RFK is even the best Ford team at this point. Um, you know, Stuart Haas had their struggles. Penske hasn't really done much. Um, you know, I think that's, you know, they've definitely taken a step up, but that said like, okay, he's, he's, they're going to make the playoffs, but like, what can they really do? Like how far can, you know, what can they really do in the playoffs? I mean, Busher, he won Bristol last year. 
mm-hmm. with Keselowski coming close to winning that. So like, yeah, that's the first round cutoff race. Maybe they could somehow go there and run well enough and, you know, avoid trouble, make they, the second round, but I can't see them making even either of them making the round of eight. So oh, it's like, really? you don't think so? No. How, how are they going to make th- the round of eight? Oh my God. I'll tell you how, like okay. I look at, I think, I think they absolutely could. I think one of them has a, I think they have a good chance. I mean, obviously because going to win Talladega or something. Well, it's, they both run really well in super speedways, right? They both, uh, Chris especially runs really good on the road courses. You look at his string of top 10 finishes and number of top tens he has like getting out of the round 16 is about avoiding mistakes. It's about letting everyone else self-destruct and you can do that. That's fine. I don't think that's an issue. I think round of 12 is, is very much on the table. It's going to be interesting. I think the big thing for them is going to be, it's going to come down to Texas. It's their intermediate track speed which is where Ford has kind of struggled this year at times, though Blaney won at Charlotte. If they can go and run well there, yeah, I think it sets up well where I don't think it's inconceivable that one of them can get to the round of eight. Hmm, okay. So um, it's interesting. Ford was not, uh, as we mentioned, necessarily on my radar for this race today. Hendrick in the spring ends up finishing 1-2. Um and really, I mean, that that Byron wasn't one of those two cars, but Byron ran well there. Um, and then this is typical, you know, it's been often been like a Toyota track over the years, it's felt like. And um, but Ford today, I mean, between the SHR cars having speed all race, even enough to overcome mistakes like Eric Almarola and Priest um both made mistakes and were able to overcome them. I mean for SHR to have all four cars in the top 11, uh, and then Hendrick, no cars in the top 12. Their highest finisher was 13th with Chase Elliott. Um, it, it just makes me think, well, wait a minute now. Like, cause you, you mentioned too, like Hendrick at, uh, Loudon, um, which mm-hmm. is, you know, has some similarities to this mm-hmm. and Phoenix, you gateway you can kind of put them somewhat in the same yeah. group. So if we're looking ahead to the final four, all of a sudden it's sort of like, well, if I don't know that a Ford can make it that far, mm-hmm. but if they do, like if you're going up against some Hendrick cars, cause I, right now I don't Hendrick on the short tracks. You're kind of like, what's, what's going on? Um, Ford, if, if some, if some Ford can somehow make it to the final four, that could really be like, they have enough speed. You're right. Th- that could be a, a, an upset out of nowhere, you know? Hundred percent. And you go back to Martinsville, the spring race at Martinsville this year, which again, there's similarities, not a hundred percent carbon copy. Who were the dominant cars there? It was Ryan Priest and Stuart Chase Briscoe was up there. And those those were the guys that were fighting for for the win. And Ryan again had a really fast car today. Now he's not going to make the playoffs more than likely, but you're to your point, like we've we've picked apart Ford so many times this year, but then when you dissect it, you're like, wait a second. Like where's that Martinsville Martinsville's the last cut. If they can get some drivers in the, in the final eight, Martinsville is that last race. And then you never know. And then, as you said, go to Phoenix, you know, why, why not? Harvick with the, uh, the walk-off championship to oh. conclude a, a winless final season, but he somehow does enough in the final race, doesn't win it or something, but like finishes second or third, and retires with a cha- with a championship favorite, because Ford was dominated. Yes, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And we have him like sending somebody in the wall too, like finish like they're fighting for third place too, and he sends somebody into the wall and cooks them and there you go, doesn't yeah. care anymore. Hey, I'm retiring as my last race. Good like, luck getting back at me. 
Yes, yeah. I love it. Love yeah. it. But it is weird though. Like some people on, you know, we're like, okay, well, yeah, you know, Hendrick has struggled a little bit, but I mean, just the, the last Richmond race though, like I said, they, they were doing they were quite, dominant. Yeah, yeah. Chevy had a great day there. So that, that wasn't that long ago. I mean, I guess it was a few it months ago. It was a while but, ago though. I mean, like it's not in April. It was in April, but a lot's changed. I mean, Toyota is much different than they were at that time. And yeah, Ford was really good today and they, they won the race and then a lot of guys finish up there. But Toyota, I mean, Reddick, Wallace, Hamlin were all in the mix. Truex at the end had one of the fastest cars. What a weird day he had, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah. They were all up there. Um, but Toyota it has really come on strong. And yeah, there there are still times when the, the, the Hendrick Chevys look strong and they look competitive, but there's also a lot of times lately where we're talking about like, where are these guys, you know? And yeah. I mean, look to your, I mean, a few weeks ago we were talking about Byron had just taken over the points lead mm-hmm. and Oh, Byron, you know, it's a Byron type season or whatever. Byron has now fallen to third in points. Hamlin is now second in points. So oh, I didn't realize that. Truex, Hamlin, Byron, and then bell is still fourth in points. So JGR has three of the top four in the regular season point standings right now. Um, yeah. Kind of. I mean, I'm sorry. And then Chastain is Chastain has fallen all the way to seventh now. Yeah. I was talking to somebody today with track house and kind of about kind of an overall thing. And they're like, our cars are just not fast. What the heck happened? I don't know. I mean, they, it's what we talked about, which is the season is a roller coaster. It is ups and downs and it's all of this. And when you've got, and I say it all the time, when you have your, when you have speed in your race cars and you are contending, you need to take advantage of it because it is going to disappear at some point. Somebody's going to pass you and you're going to fall back the pack. That is how it always is. No one ever stays on top. And they have been, they don't have speed in their race cars right now. It's a Chevy. You could say it's a Chevy thing. If you want to include Hendrick in there. Um, and RCR has been up and down at times though. Kyle was good today on a track that, that their short track program is not good. They were good today. So it's interesting. Um, but there was a time like, you know, like you said about Byron and I'm looking at his numbers and, you know, 24th at Loudon, 14th at Pocono, 21st at Richmond. Um, that's not numbers. I mean, it's not numbers that really speak to a team going in the right direction. Now a lot can change, but yeah, right now, I don't know who would you have in your championship for? I mean, like right now, knowing what we know today, the race was next. The championship was next Sunday in Phoenix. Your championship for who? Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Um, I mean, I still feel like Truex and Byron. Um, okay. I, I guess I, I think Hamlin is running better lately. Yep. Um, I think Hamlin, you know, Plus he's, he's sort of at the point where like, he's decided he's just going to take it. You know, if he's in a situation, he's just going to, uh, take a win. So, um, you know, that could be a good mentality in the playoffs if if it doesn't come back to bite him. So Hamlin, I guess I'd put in there. Um, 
think Larson's still running well enough overall. I mean, I'm I'm not going to put you know Kyle Busch in ahead of Larson or Logano in ahead of Larson. So yeah, I think I have two Hendrick guys, two JGR guys, which is a boring answer, but I don't know. What do you have? Rex and Hamlin are my two for sure. Um, after that, it gets it's. I, I don't know. I don't have two clear cut guys. I mean. I'm looking at the numbers, and right now, Brad's running pretty well. And if we're talking championship, like he finished fifth at Loudon, and he comes here and backs us up and run, you know, leads a hundred some laps today. That team is going in the right direction, and that's impressive to me. Uh, if he can get in, we'll probably talk about him next. Uh, we 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 chase Elliott. I mean, I know this is going to sound bad because I've I've said he, you know, I don't. He look at his average finish. His average finish is really good. And so why why couldn't he top ten it to death? He's done it before in the playoffs, like, and so he's just not running well enough. He's I mean running. they were all they everybody was thinking today like oh he had a great qualifying effort you know they just Hendrick was great at Richmond you know the car that was his car Josh Berry's car um, in the spring finished second now some of that was circumstances but still and then you know Elliot ran again the best of the Hendrick cars today but. You know, it's like ultimately he finishes 13th. So it's like he, yeah, he did take, take some points off. I mean, he sort of revived that conversation a little bit because now he's only 40 back with four races to go. But I don't know. I mean. I think Byron's a good pick, but they're they're not, run, they're nobody's not running. Nobody's super much. consistent. But I no, tell you what, only, like. I'm the only the, two guys I have any confidence in right now are the teammates of, of Truex and Hamlin. Yeah. I mean. I do now. You want to talk about top tening people to death? I mean, don't forget Harvick. I was got, that was the other one on my list too. Was like that's the thing of they they just keep doing this every single week. You just trust them so much to maximize yes. whatever they can get to play the strategy right, um, just to do what they need to do. They're the ultimate veteran professionals, right? Like they're just mm-hmm. they're like taking what it gives them and doing the best they can with it. It's not wins, but I mean, yeah. Kevin Harvick is six in points and ever, all we talk about is how down SHR is this year. So, but I, going back to the Chastain point though. So remember now, I mean, we're talking about, okay, like, Oh, you're saying the track house cars just don't have the speed. Like they've lost speed. I mean, they won a race this month. The, the Chicago race was this month. That was a back-to-back wins for them with oh, Nashville and Chicago. Oh, Chicago. Well, yeah, you're right. Chicago, yeah, the street course. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, but, but for Chastain, so he wins Nashville and it's like, oh, there he is again. Like everybody wrote off Chastain, beca- you know, because he got, you know, the whole Kansas or sorry, the whole Darlington thing, um, you know, and he, he got the reins pulled back on him and he goes out and he wins Nashville. So it's like, okay, I guess, I guess they do have speed. But then since then, He's gone 22nd, 35th, 23rd, 13th, 24th. So he went all of July without a top 10. That's five. There was five races in July and he went, he has no top tens. So that's not great for a person that we really, I mean, we were talking championship four uh, a lot earlier this season for him. So, um, and Suarez now is really going the wrong direction as well. Um, you know, he was right in the playoff mix, right in a playoff spot for a while now. Um, he keeps slipping back. He's down to 19th in points. So Chase Elliott 
is only six points behind. You know, when the, when the whole Elliott conversation started, it was Suarez that he was trying to catch. Now he's only six points behind Suarez, but unfortunately there's other drivers ahead of him. Um, McDowell, Ty Gibbs, Almondinger. By the way, well, first of all, there's a lot to talk about on this part, I guess, but the Almondinger thing. What the hell? What the hell are they thinking? What was that? Like, okay, we we are having a remarkable season. Like AJ Almendinger, a driver that we we thought is only going to be able to win his way into the playoffs on a road course, not point his way in, not really do that well in ovals, whatever. He climbs, I think, from 28th in points to um, 17th. 20 points out. He was well, he was 17 points out, wasn't he? I thought he was 20, but either way. Um, no, I think he was 17 points out, I want to say. Anyway, um, so then they go, okay, wow, he's gotten all the way there. You know what? Let's have him go to Road America. And which is fine, but the problem with going to Road America is then he can't practice and qualify his car, so he's got to start in the back. Well, everybody goes, well, he can overcome, he can overcome that. I mean, he probably wasn't going to qualify that well anyway. Okay, well, what about practice? Right, it was what seventeen about, points, by the way. What about getting in your car and saying, "Oh, you know what, guys, I didn't like this. This is too loose for me." You know, Derek Kraus. Like nothing against him, but he's not going to be able to translate exactly what AJ wants out of the Never car. Never made a start in a cup car before. So what? You're people like, well, you know, like Almendinger is saying on on the Zoom, like, well, you know, um, you know, not everybody's going to understand this, but we do. I'm like, what? What's the? I I just don't. Okay, let's say he he didn't win the Road America race, right? But let's say he did. Okay. Like you want to road America race, but whatever the money that you would get from that, the trophy, it's not going to be as much as being in the top 16 in cup, which correct me if I'm wrong, makes a difference of like millions of dollars. Millions. Right. Millions. So for a team that's like being very public right now about, Oh, we, you know, we really need sponsorship sponsorship and partners. One thing that might help is making the cup series playoffs. You're only 17 points out. McDowell had a bad day today. McDowell finished 22nd and he gained points on the cutoff. Like, Oh, I, what a missed opportunity. I feel like now, okay. Almondinger, he finished 27th. If he had been there for practicing qualifying, would he've done better? We don't know, but you got to give it a shot, don't you? At least, that's the thing. You have to try. You don't know. And I get it. I get the argument of, hey, we've sucked on our short track packages suck. Let's try something different. It's not going to really matter. We're going to qualify poorly anyway. I get all that. But you never know. I always say that. You never know. You at least got to try. You got to put yourself in a position to at least hopefully get lucky, right? You go there. Maybe you hit on something. Maybe it's your day. Maybe it's a thing where we saw in qualifying when there was a lot of crew chiefs that were promoting this of the, the draw and how if you went out early in qualifying, you weren't going to do well in qualifying because of the, the, the track conditions. Oh, the disparity in the two yeah. groups were yeah. massive this week. Exactly. Yeah. So maybe you get lucky. Maybe you get a break. And maybe you qualify well. And then things just kind of go your way. And who knows? You never know. And it, by doing that, though, by doing what they did, you take yourself out of that position 
and you're starting in the back on a track where you know more than likely there are going to be long green flag runs. It's not like this is a place where you're going to get a bunch of cautions. It's easy to get back, you know, track position. And by the way, we, we talked about earlier, you can't do anything with your strategy. It is four tires almost every single time because of the, the, the tire wear. Now, you can try with different when to pit, not to pit, but you're still kind of limited. It's hard to gain track position. Here's my point. So you, you're already knowing that. Like, what are you doing? You know, if, they're, if they just didn't think they were going to get in points and they're looking at this, goal, oh, we still got Michigan, we got Daytona. Okay, sure, I guess. And two road courses. Well, yeah, that's what I'm getting to, though. And I think the strategy is, their their mentality is, we're, we're still on the road course or bust. Like, it's but they didn't have story. to. That's, <laughs> that's the, the thing. That's the thing. They didn't have to. I get it. I get how you're – I get it. Your strategy is, we're going to go to Watkins Glen where AJ's won before, and we're going to have a shot there. Yes, you're right. You're pro- you got a good shot to win. But things happen, and you may not win. And you're going to go to Indy where he's won before, and you're going to have a shot. Again, things happen. You may not. But put yourself in a position where if you don't win, at least you have a fighting chance. And now you threw points away. What are they at now going up? What coming out of here? Um, he is twenty-two back, so he, he only okay, lost, he lost five, five points. But that's but, five points. We've seen we've yeah. seen guys fail. That's everything. That can be everything. And and maybe it doesn't matter. And you go to the road courses, you win stages, and you put yourself in position it could it could do. Well, you know who also runs really well in road courses? Michael McDowell. Michael McDowell. You know who's got runs really well in super speedways? Michael McDowell. And like I just I don't And like Ty Gibbs, who now you're who you're now behind yeah. in the standings because he passed you in the standings today. Yeah, so I just Yeah. That was a it's, weird it's, that's a, that was a really weird. And again, I, I, I just, I'll go back. I says well, I, I think it's a moot point ultimately, because I do think we're gonna get somebody who wins a race. I, I do think we're gonna get a winner at Indy or Watkins Glen or Daytona, and they're gonna punch their ticket. But I just don't like that mentality of we're just who who I've never seen this done before, ever. No, I, 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 just, I not I don't, not for a team that's this much this much in contention for a playoff spot on points this is the oddest of years where I'm, somebody needs to go back and check on this at this point because now we're, we're getting pretty close to this truly happening and i'm sure maybe it's happened not long ago whatever but like have as when's the last time on, in this playoff format in particular has it ever happened that everybody all every single regular season winner was 16th or better in points you know, people want Busher wins today, and I saw some some tweets or Xers or whatever they call it. Now, um, just, just stay with tweets. Okay, no. tweets that people are like. Oh, what's this do to the playoff cut line now that Busher won? Well, he's Nothing. in. He's already <laughs> he he's, in. he's he's been thirteenth in points before today. Yeah. Now he's thirteenth in points after today. So four races to go, you still don't have anybody from outside the top sixteen who's won this year. I mean. Actually, you don't even have anybody from outside the top 14 because Stenhouse is the lowest in points of the winners with his Daytona 500 to win. Daytona 500 win, and he's he's still solidly he he would be making the playoffs anyway. You have the um, answer. I, I mean, I I think so, sort of. In 2020, um, I mean, so ask your question again. Ask your question again. I think this might be the number. Was I think it's was there anybody that year outside? So, so what I'm saying is the cut the playoff cut line's not been moved up. Yeah. So was there anybody that year 
who would not have made the playoffs without a win. Mm. You know, the top 16 was the top 16. Because right now, we are, everybody talked about it's a win and in format, right? And sure, it is. Sure. But right now, if you took away the win and in part and it was just top 16 on points like they used to do the old chase with the top 10, yeah. it would be that. The top 16 or the top 16. There's no... Yeah, there's no so that's pretty rare is what I'm saying. Because usually you have yeah. at least one guy... Who's like, oh yeah, like like the year Almarola uh won New Hampshire or whatever, right? Like sure. he was pretty he wasn't in the top sixteen when he won. And it was like, wow, he just stole a playoff spot. He took a playoff spot, you know? This is gonna take a lot more work than I have time for, but I hear what you're saying. Well, and I'm somebody can somebody yeah. can do it. There's a lot of these <laughs> there's a lot of these young uh young writers now, like Steven Stump from Front Stretch. I see he's got all sorts of stats ready. I'm like he had this yeah. stat today um, where, cause it was, it looked like it was going to be a race with no natural cautions. There. And then he had a whole list of all the races with exactly one natural caution, like the 19 races, you know, since whatever with like, he immediately had it. Um, so I've seen some other, uh, some of the, some of the younger writers from kicking the tires, they have this whole database of stuff that they work on like here's here's penalties and how NASCAR reacted. So, I'm sure somebody is is keeping these these stats somewhere. They'll they'll tweet mm -hmm. us, but uh anyway. 2005 or 2019 the there was 15 there was only one guy outside of the cutoff who was who won a race that year. That makes sense. That was Justin Haley. And he wasn't playoff eligible. He, well, he's not well, I mean, yeah. well that's you could say that for Shane Van Gisbergen this year. Yeah. But he's not eligible, so it doesn't count. Yeah. But I'm talking about uh, full-time guys that move up the playoff line. But anyway. Yeah. Um, it's not that important. I was just saying. Nah, I'm going to fall down a rabbit hole now. Um, so, yeah. what uh, I was just talking about the playoff bubble. I'm just looking again here. I tell you what, who really helped himself today, though. Um, ultimately, he only finished 12th. But stage points really helped. But Bubba Wallace... He's yeah. not even really close at this point to the to the playoff cut line. Um, he's now 36 points ahead of McDowell. And remember, they were like tied for the last spot, what, two weeks ago. And so Bubba has completely vaulted himself up. So now if there is a new winner, Bubba's still probably going to be pretty good barring disaster. And he's also good at Michigan coming up. He's not good at road courses, but obviously he's good better at Daytona. Road courses. Yeah, but not as good as McDowell and Almondinger, but... Uh, you, anyway, if you're him, you have to feel much better about your performance recently. If you just go to Michigan and do what you're supposed to, I mean, just run top 10, even that's a great day. You, that gets you so much closer. Um, so the Elliot thing, like I've, I'm, I can't go back now and say, Oh, told you because I already, <laughs> I already agreed with you. So I can't keep harping on it and say, Oh, well, um, you know, now he's in, he, he could, he could do it after all, Jordan, I'm, I'm bringing it back. He's got to get 10 points a week. Um, but just to check with you, are you still feeling like no way he points himself in? Can I go completely contrarian now and then go, oh, no, 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 you, you can't, no, you can't reverse. <laughs> I can't balance it. No, I'm asking you to see if you will, but I, you can't. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's only 40 out. I mean, <laughs> only 40 out. I mean. And what are you doing? You can't say out. this. He's going against guys who are self-destructing on a week, you know, McDowell today. 
So uh, uh, now Laura. you buy it? Now you're going this direction? Are you really doing this? You are trolling me. You are absolutely trolling me. You are being willfully obtuse. Uh, no, I mean, I stand by what I said. I think oh, okay. 40 points. I, I did, because I, I, it goes, it, it's 40 points. And if you could tell me, say things, you could tell me he's going to go out and run what he's capable of doing, which is finishing in the top 10 and finishing state, you know, getting stage points, then yes. Yes. He can make that up in a hurry. But, there's two things. One, I think we're going to have a surprise winner. And if we get a surprise winner, that cut line moves. And so then you're more behind. And two, there's no guarantees that we don't, you know, the, the team's track record this year, while they're finishing, their average finish is second best in the series, only behind uh, Martin Trips Jr. Um, they they don't have the the record this year of like, believe, they don't they inspire confidence that they're going to go out and be able to do this. And we talk about road courses with Chase, and yes, he, he's very good on the road courses, but he is, as he will tell you, he hasn't won a road course race in the next-gen car. His road course excellence came in that old car. This is much different. So I, I, I think he can make it interesting, especially if he goes to Michigan next week and, and things happen. But at the end of the day, I, I think his best path is it's win. You, you have to win. Tell you what, if he goes to Michigan, scores stage points in both stages, I'm thinking <laughs> that you know McDowell probably doesn't. Right. Yeah. Um, and then let's say Elliot gets a top 10, uh, you know, what's McDowell going to do at Michigan? We don't, I mean, basically you're saying can chase freaking Elliot future NASCAR hall of famer, former champion outrun Michael McDowell in front row motorsports by yeah. 40 points over four races. Yeah. That doesn't I, seem like that. Oh, yeah. No, it doesn't. And with Michigan, which is a, a track is tailor-made for Hendrick Motorsports. Um, I mean, the only thing is, uh, again, like you've got two road, road courses and a super speedway right. in there. That's the thing. So, you've got three wildcard tracks, and you aren't necessarily in the control of your fate at those places. I really don't think. You keep saying surprise winner, though, but wh- where is this surprise winner coming like, from? It, I'm saying like a guy like Almendinger. Like a guy at Almond, Almendinger goes and wins at, at Indy or Watkins Glen, which is very much on the table, that that changes it. That changes things very much. And say what you will about Ty Gibbs, but I'm I'm I've kind of rode the Ty Gibbs bandwagon through the summer, I feel like. And I've kind of touted him up and said I think he could win along the way. Like I, I wouldn't be shy. He goes to Michigan and wins a race. You know, you know, I, there are guys I could make a case for. And nah, I I know you said Ty Gibbs is gonna win. I don't think he's gonna win. I do think he can make the playoffs. I definitely do think he can make the playoffs. But I don't think he's gonna what about win. you know like an Austin Cindric? What, you know, we we overlook him a lot. But why couldn't he go to Indianapolis and He's win? doing nothing. But that's a, we're talking road courses, though, man. He we're hasn't ta- done you know, anything on a road course recently, has he? Um, I have to go back and look at his numbers, but I, you know, the track record's there. Yeah, I mean, you could say the same thing about like Briscoe and stuff, but I, I mean, you have to. It's it's one thing to run well, like like with with Priest today, a, right? Yeah, it's like Priest had his first top 10 of the season today, and it was a fifth place finish. He ran great. And it was like, that's about like as good as they could get. Like he was running third for a while, but even running top five, the difference between running top five and actually winning the race, that's a big, that's a big gulf. You know, it's, it's really, really hard to do. So yes. Could somebody do it? Could somebody run well at these places? Sure. But he ran. Cindric finished sixth at Chicago. He finished sixth at Coda this year on road courses. But wasn't wasn't he one of the ones where they flipped it at Chicago and he 
was the beneficiary of that? I, I, I couldn't speak to that one way or another oh, confidently. I'm sorry. But I just I, – I hear what you're saying, and you're right. But you could say the same thing about Chase Briscoe last year and Eric Jones. And honestly, you could say the same thing about Chris Buescher last year at Bristol. Like, there are there are numerous instances – Last year we, was a one-of-a-million, one-of-a-kind year that we'll never see again unless there's another new car, which there probably will be. So I guess I shouldn't say we'll never see it. We'll never see it again until there's another new car and it's completely wide open for everybody and whatever. Um, But I mean, this is a, this is a little bit of a reach, but I think it's worth the example is we talked about going into Charlotte this year. Fords are out to lunch on intermediate tracks. They're not competitive. This, this, and this, what happened? Ryan Blaney went there. I think he led the most laps and he beat William Byron straight up. And like we walked out of there like, whoa, we didn't see this coming. It can happen. And so is it, it do a lot of things have to go right? Absolutely. Do you have to be perfect? Yeah, you got you do. And you you really aren't afforded a lot of you can't have there's a margin of error. There's no margin of error. But I, I do think it's it's conceivable where a Cindric or an Almondinger or throw Briscoe in there could go and, and shake things up a little bit. I'll, I'll throw Suarez in there too. That would be a jaw dropper, any of those. To, at this point to shake the the playoff picture up just because it doesn't feel like the season's going that way, but it's possible. It's yeah. possible. So. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, um, what else should we talk about from this race or anything that jumped out to you? Cause there's a, a couple other things to talk about in no, you know, the NASCAR world. Well, um, for one thing, some news sort of came out of nowhere, at least to me this week that, um, the CW is going to be the new home of the Xfinity series, uh, starting in 2025 exclusive showing all the races practice qualifying paying 110 million a year according to sports business journal so it goes from oh it looks like the uh, xfinity series might be streaming only series where like it's going to be completely behind a paywall and all the stuff and what's that going to be like to the complete opposite where it's going to be as free as free can be like you don't even have to log in on the cw's app it's over the air network. You can buy an antenna. You can see every race. Um, so that's going to be very interesting. Now I can't tell you the last time I watched the CW. No apologies to the people that watched the 100 days of indie docuseries on that channel. I'm sure it was a great series. I meant to watch it. I just didn't have time. Um, but yeah, I just, I mean, I don't watch the CW, so I'm not saying that people are going to be flipping through the channels. It's not going to be one of those things like, well, what's on today? Oh, what's on the CW? Oh, NASCAR. I guess I'll watch this, but that doesn't seem the point. Uh, they're getting a lot of money for it. And, um, you would hope that that trickles down to the Xfinity teams and it's going yeah. to give them very much their own identity because they're only going to be on the CW, right? Like it's not going to be cup also or whatever. So you'll have their own broadcast in theory broadcasters and all that stuff. So what was your, what was your take on all that? Yeah, I was, I was surprised. 
I think it's it's interesting that they're doing this because it goes from one extreme to the other. Because when word kind of trickled out that NASCAR was considering this all streaming option, there was a lot of team owners in the garage that were like, we better be getting a lot of that money because we're going to need it because our sponsors aren't going to be happy. Um, we're not, they're not going to get on TV anymore. They're not going to get the exposure. And frankly, the ratings aren't going to be there. And so we're, we're going to need a lot of that. And to now it's, whoa. And I talked to a couple of team owners about it and they're like, hell yeah, we can go sell this. This is exciting. Like we can go out there and like, I, I can tell my sponsors that like, we're going to be on, you know, their carriage is on like a hundred percent, I think. And like, we know we're going to meet everyone. If you have TV, live TV, you've got CW and that's, that's a huge thing. And I think it, it's incredible. Um, I think it does give the series some identity. It's going to be interesting to see how CW positions it and see how NASCAR positions this. Um, you know, is when you watch a, an Xfinity Series race in the CW, are you even going to hear about Cup Series races the next day on the same track? I don't know. It's you know, it's going to that's we don't know. We're going to see how this plays out. Um, I think it's it's interesting, and I think from the perspective of if you're NASCAR, I think it's a worthy flyer because this is your number two series. And yeah, the ratings for this are really good, you know, comparably to other motorsports, it does really well. But if you're gonna if you're gonna try something like this to kind of dip your toe in the water and see if this is an option down the road, kind of for your next TV deal beyond the one they're negotiating now, I think it's good. And I think what CW is doing is following a blueprint that other sports networks, primarily what Fox, Nat, Big Fox, did in the 90s when they were a startup. And for a long time, they were viewed as this little, like, annoying pissant network, you know, and no one, like, no one watches anything on Fox. It's just, you know, whatever. Well, they did is they went and got the NFL, and that helped them become a player. And, I mean, I'm not saying the Xfinity Series is going to turn ECW in there, but it's part of what they're doing overall, whether it's golf, whether it's college football, whether it's NASCAR, they're probably, this probably isn't going to be the last thing they go do. I think this is a good building block to see kind of help cushion it or kind of help, you know, put the foundation down. I, I think it's a good move. If the number is what we think the number is. And I had a conversation today with uh, somebody who was very involved in the discussions um, and they were very, very happy with the number. And so um yeah, I, I think uh, I, I think this is a good move. I, I don't see, frankly, a lot of downside. I, I really don't. I mean, you can say people are going to bemoan like, oh, I don't know what the CW is. How am I going to find it? Well, it's a freaking get TV guide. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. This is a free thing. Like, this isn't like it's a channel you have to go surf for. This is a free thing. And by the way, they have a free streaming option. Like, I think this is this checks a lot of boxes. NASCAR continues to be in a really good position. Um. Because sports, live sports, you know, it's the one thing, again, that you, that people don't DVR for the most part. I'm sure some people do, I get it, but you're, you're going to sit down and you're going to have eyeballs on your channel. So what does that mean? What does that mean to get, you know, what you're talking about the CW president or whatever, I'm, I'm going to pay for golf. I'm going to pay for ACC football. I'm going to pay for NASCAR. I'm going to pay, you know, whatever. And all of a sudden you're getting people to your channel and it, to get that, to get that right, just like FS1 and NBCSN did to build up their channels and all that stuff, you, you've got to overpay. So if this is what people are paying for the Xfinity series, what are people going to pay for 
cup? Is that going to be more money? What are people going to pay for the, the, you know, reported potential streaming only option for the, the cup series in the middle of the season, if they do the six race package Mm -hmm. truck series, does that, what happens with that? Um, so NASCAR by having a thriving live sport that look, I mean, it's the ratings, are they once, are, are they what they once were? No, but enough people watch and it's enough of a dedicated fan base every week that yeah. that's going to get people excited about those numbers. Yeah. Agreed. I, I went back and I was, <laughs> we were talking about the truck series race last night. I went back and looked at the average viewers for truck series races. It's like 600,000. That's a pretty good number for a, third tier series. I mean, that uh, frankly, a lot of other sports would love to have. And, and I think that, you know, there was an interesting comment this week in a, in a press conference we were part of the other day. And I think it's true is that you are a fan of the truck series, you know, where it's going to be, you know, like, you know, it's going to be largely on the FS one. Occasionally it's on big Fox, but mostly it's on FS one. You're a fan of the Xfinity series. You know, where you're going to find it now. And I think that's good. And I think, you bring in more partners and I, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this all the cohesion and everything like that. But I, I think this is a good move. I, I think, I think this is a, an opportunity to to bring more in there. And I think NASCAR, <laughs> we've both written about it quite a bit. I think NASCAR is in a really good spot right now when it comes to television ratings and the numbers that are going to come in for this TV contract, I think are going to surprise some folks. All right. Are we forgetting anything else before we talk about the good race poll? Because um, I don't want to get to the end of the podcast and be like, dang it. Can't believe we forgot no. to talk about that. We had everything on my list. Okay. You want to talk about Formula One quick? What, what about it? We no, haven't talked about Formula One for. I know. I just, it's so bad. I, 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 I had a lot. Of, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna bring this up on. I was gonna bring this up last week, and I, and I didn't because we just got wrapped up with everything else. And then I today, and then I actually had so many people kind of ask me about it today. It's like, it's so bad. It's just, it's not even compelling. Like. For a fleeting second today, you're like, okay, you know, Max is starting six. This could be interesting. And now seven laps and it's over and it's just, it's not good. It's not, there's nothing compelling, which is, you know, it's just, it's not. Yeah. I mean, Max has now won eight in a row. Eight in a row. Um, Red Bulls won 13 in a row. Yep. All 12 this year. Um, And there's just no... Yeah, it's like Leclerc gets the pole because Max has a penalty. And Checo, Max's Red Bull teammate, passes Leclerc before mm-hmm. the first lap's half even over. And then Max passes Checo and wins by, what, 29 seconds or something like that. Um, it's just not even... I mean, you could, you could sort of twist yourself into like, oh, who's going to get second in the constructor standings and stuff? But like... Yeah. And look, I mean, there's been dominant seasons before, but this is really bad timing for F1. Yeah, and I think really bad timing. You just had all this hype. You got the American audience to take a look, and you know the the 2021 battle was one for the ages, and it's been followed up by just relentless domination by a guy who is really not super, you know, likable or you know, doesn't really care about what people think of them. Um, and so it's just like, Oh, well, okay. Like they've got a really good car. Nobody's going to catch them. Might win every race this year, unless something weird happens, but now they're going to their summer break. I don't know, man. It just doesn't, uh, 
Not great. Not great for F1 at the moment. No. And I don't see any way it's going to change. I mean, the mid-pack battle's fun because it seems like there's like three or four teams that are kind of jockeying around and it seems like on a given week, you never know. And that, that's fine. But watching a race when you know what's going to happen, it's just, it's not fun. And I know this is the history of Formula One. I get it. Like I, I know the history of Formula One. You, you have one team and driver dominate, but often though, there is somebody else like in the ballpark, whether it's his teammate or somebody else with a different team and at least can push them to some degree. And it's not even the case. And so I think, and I think part of it too is that 2021 was so incredible and it was so dramatic and it had, you didn't know, you watched the race and you're like, man, who's going to win this week? Is it going to be a Red Bull? Is it one of the two Red Bull guys? Or is it going to be one of the two Mercedes guys? You, did, you know, you at least it felt unpredictable to some level. And this year it's not. And it's just bad. And I don't think it's going to change again. That's the problem. There, there's no, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Well, one thing that might not change is your dominance in the was a good race poll, even though I am slowly chipping away. Yeah. I so, just need to win one one week out of the next four to clinch a tie for the regular season title. But the thing is, you've been one your magic number's been stuck at one for a while now. Listen, Jeff, we're trying to be optimistic here. Let's not try to, okay. you know. Big Joe Wall sent me the numbers. It's twelve to nine you right now. However, you have a huge advantage in the tiebreaker. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have to win out. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to sweep the next four weeks of the regular season to get the regular season championship after you had such a big lead. However, I have been making gains. So how's this going to play out with Richmond? I'm going to guess 50% because that's pretty low, which is pretty low, but I think it was a mostly boring race. Um, the I looked up the one Richmond race that had um, that had no natural cautions at all in 2020. I think that race was 44. Mm. percent um, Then the other, the most recent race with no natural cautions last year. Now this one had one. Uh, the road America race, I think got like 54%. Okay. So I'm kind of going in the middle and I'm just going to say 50 and hope for the best and hope the number just sort of falls around my way. And I pick up another win and keep putting the pressure on to try to make a very, very unlikely run here in the, uh, regular season was a good race pole championship. Okay. Two things. Um, do we know what the spring race this year got? Sure. Uh, I'll look, keep stalling. Okay. And I'll, uh, then the other, the other question I have for you, what are we doing for a wager? Are we doing anything for playoff wagers or anything? We talked oh, about that last um, week. And I'm not, sh- someone mentioned like shaving my head or there is no chance in hell. I'm ever so shaving my head. So I think it was Aaron Bearden. Um, I believe, I believe it was him. Sorry if I'm giving credit to the wrong person here. We love Aaron. So thanks, Aaron. I think he said that the winner gets to choose the loser's outfit for Daytona 500 race day next year. Oh, that's pretty good. Oh, wow. That's the Daytona 500 though. Could it be like, like uh media day or something? <laughs> no, that's not, there's not enough consequences on that. <sighs> okay. I, you know what? If you're down for that, I'm down for that. 
Well, you're going to make me dress in some like bright orange suit that you have. And you're going to make me dress like a dad of, you know, drives a suburban minivan and three. I wish I had a minivan. It would be a lot easier than the car I drive right now. Oh, getting the kids out. But, um, balance sneakers and cargo shorts and ill cargo shorts. When have I ever wore shorts to it? Uh, I'm just saying like a dad's look is in general. No, no, it's not a, it's not cargo shorts. It's, um, target's best athleisure wear. Uh, like I, I buy the, I go to target and I buy like the, um, the golf pants that kind of look like slacks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then I buy like cheap polo shirts that look like (laughs) cheap polo shirts and I tuck it in, throw a belt on, wear my sneakers, race day outfit, suburban dad, baby. And I can, Oh, I can make you wear a, a hat, a Travis Matthew hat. I wear hats all the time. Like a baseball cap type thing. Like my, my striped hat. All right, I will. Uh, I'll be down for this bet. We'll uh, let's we'll we'll go finalize the. the it actually makes me super nervous. So I don't want to be walking around Daytona 500 on race day, wearing some like purple <laughs> suit with like frills on it that you have or whatever. And some you probably make me wear like that, uh, that stupid cap that you have. Like what do you call those caps? Stupid cap. Well, sorry, I don't know the name of it. I thought it was called stupid cap. <laughs> my little black one that I like or the little white Yeah, one. yeah, that. Right. I got the two of those. Yeah. I got a fedora. Well, what is that I called? Was, um I, I, there's no one like it's You look like a newsboy from like yeah, the musical news newsies. Yeah. I got oh, a fedora okay. I It's supposed too. to look like that? Yeah. Oh. So you're trying to be from the, the musical newsies? Yeah. Do you want a fedora? I'll give you my fedora. No, but please don't make me wear your merce. Oh, the merce is part of the outfit. The Merce, the, the monogrammed Merce is part of the outfit. I don't think I, no, I don't like this bed anymore. <laughs> so I'm going maybe. to dress like a suburban dad. I mean, it's, you know. Why? You would just look normal. You wouldn't look super flashy. Jordan Bianchi, super flashy. I'm not wearing anything flashy today. That's pretty straightforward. Huh? That's because it was like hotter than the surface of the sun there. So you couldn't wear your I suit. I did. I left my sports coat in the car today. I felt bad. I, I did. I lived up in the car. Well, thank you for upholding the professionalism from the athletic by not even wearing, wearing a t-shirt, a this t-shirt is a designer t-shirt, by the way, don't ask. It doesn't matter if it's a designer t-shirt. I wear a designer. Somebody designed the t-shirt that I wear at target. Is that a designer t-shirt? Somebody designed it. Touche. Touche. All right. Listen, you pick the bet. I'm down with it. I, I like that idea. It's good. It's kind of fun. All right. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. It's one day in my life. I've worn a happy Sorry. Daytona day hat at Daytona 500 before. So I can, what's the, so it's just whoever wins the playoffs between this head to head. Yes. And the and regular season break. champion, the regular season champion starts with one, plus one, plus one. They're up one, okay. one zero to start the, and then the tiebreaker is margin. Is that? Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure we got all the particulars. That's cool. I'm done with that. I love okay. it. Okay. Oh man, I'm the wheels are spinning on what I'm gonna make you wear. I hope it's like a ninety. I hope I win, and it's like a ninety-five degree like Daytona day. I'm gonna make you wear like a. Why do you think you're gonna win? Poly- I'm coming on strong, buddy. I'm. Co- you've coughed up your lead. I'm within range. We're, I'm like I'm Chase Elliott that. sneaking no, back in the picture. No. You don't even think this I'm is, a contender. Here this I is come, like buddy. Chad Canals circa like 2010 over here. Like we've written off the month of August because we don't care. We're 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 saving our best stuff for the playoffs. We don't care about these weeks. Like we're just Wait, saving our. Did you even stuff. make your guess? No, I haven't got there yet. Oh <laughs> no, you were gonna God. look up the number. You were gonna look up the number. 
Oh, right. That's right. I was. Yeah, I'm sorry. See, this I'm is sorry. what I deal with on a regular basis is he like snaps at me for not doing something because he forgot to do something. This happens all the time. Okay, crap. I might be in trouble here. Can I give you, hang on, I, I'm going to, my guess is going to be, is she's going to be around 40. So my is that? No, right. Spring Richmond got 80.1. Oh. Yeah. What did 80.1. We, what the hell happened in this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what the heck? I got to go back and look. What, what I don't know. I People like that strategy. Strategy. We we don't we don't like strategy. Everybody else likes the strategy. No, no, I like the strategy. I said I love the strategy. I love the strategy. You're saying it's gonna be forty percent in the spring one. Not was anymore. 80. No, that was not the official guess. Oh. That was not I said I was gonna I was thinking forty ish because I want to hear the number for now that I hear that though, I'm going the other way. I'm gonna go sixty two sixty-three. Oh, I hate this. See, you're not my fault. You were not smart enough. Let me take that back. That's me. It's not my fault. You didn't think about doing enough research and looking at the previous race. I I looked at a race that I thought was comparable. So I'm taking 62. Yeah. You said 63. I'm fine. 63, whatever it is. Okay. That's fine. As always, thank you to big Joe wall for uh, calculating this. One one kind of interesting thing, then we'll get off this. I'm sure people are tired of listening to this part. Um, <laughs> we both have um, very similar average misses. Like I've I've missed, I've had some huge misses, so my average is higher. Yeah. But like we both have exactly eight guesses that have been within five points of the poll result. Um, you've missed by an average of eight point two. I've missed by an average of nine point eight. So we're both yeah. within ten percent of like the guesses. So we're, we're not terrible. Good. No, um, I think we're that's good. Yeah, but fifty versus sixty-three, big week, <clears throat> big week to help see if we can keep this alive. Um, <laughs> all right, Michigan next week. I will be there. Excited okay, about that. Uh, Michigan's, you know, I, I think it's one of the better. It's certainly Pretty good. Yeah, I mean, with with the new car, um, should be a good show. Should be fun. Looking forward to it. All right, everybody. Thanks, as always, for listening. We will talk to you next time on The Terror. See you later.